0: Welcome back to the Snap Food Podcast. I am your host, Mr. C, and today we are having our first episode of Fiction History Fridays. So, for basically our for, for the first episode, I went ahead and I didn't want to, you know, overcomplicate things. So I just went with something that I know from, like, the tip of my tongue and I don't have to write, like, a, a big script for or whatnot, So today I am going to do an overview of the Human Covenant War as depicted in the Halo franchise. For any of you who don't know, Halo has been a video game IP that's been around since the year 2001 and is still going strong today. Anyways, now I got the brief introduction out of the way, I will go ahead and give the overview of it. So the Human Covenant War lasted from the year 2525 to the year 2552. This basically resulted in the complete collapse of mankind's empire amongst the stars and the deaths of billions upon billions of human lives and not so much of the various lives of the different alien species that made up the Covenant. Now, what is the Covenant? The Covenant is a religious conglomerate of multiple alien species bound together by a common interest in their religion. Their religion, they believe that the a, an alien race that came long before their time, known as the Forerunners, were gods. And they wanted to embark on what, what they called the Great Journey, where they would go... up. Hmm, Basically, think um, Islam's version of uh, 72 virgins or Christianity's version of heaven, um, the Viking version of Valhalla, you name it, it. It's basically paradise for them. Heaven. And the only way to get that was through the extinction of mankind and the activation of what were known as the Halo Array, large ring worlds that they believed, if activated, would propel them along the Great Journey. The Covenant was made up of multiple species, but the ones that appeared in the games have their own hierarchy. At the very top were the Sanshayum, or Prophets these were the religious leaders of the covenant and they did all of the the main um, bureaucracy and whatnot a brief description of a prophet would be it's very similar to a gray alien in pop culture if you know what i mean but more thin and they have long skinny necks are very frail the main arm military arm of the Covenant is the Elites, or San-Shayum. I mean not San-Shayum, san, Shayum, san Hili. The San-Hili, or Elites, stand at about anywhere from 8 to 12 feet tall. They are incredibly muscular and are very humanoid in nature but also very reptilian and they don't have a bottom jaw, instead so they had a set of mandibles. Think predators from Predator. They made up the primary military arm of the Covenant and also served in the Covenant Senate. Then, on the, next on the pecking order, were the jerohani or Brutes. Basically, these guys were space monkeys. They um stood, and same thing with the elites, but are much taller and ve- much more robust, very built. Basically, the word uh buff, you know, or, you know... Any, just just think of like inc- the most, m- in, you know, incredibly powerful, very strong. In fact, when it comes to overall strength, they were the basically the most intimidating of the Covenant and the most savage, as they were very barbaric to the point where they would actually eat other members of the Covenant and even humans. These guys were ones you did not want to mess around with. Next on the Peking order was the Kigyar or jackals. Jackals are basically mercenaries. Unlike the other members of the covenant who basically served in the covenant for religious reasons or were conscripted, jackals are there for monetary reasons. They are pirates, space pirates. For a brief description of jackal, they're basically bird people. Basically, if you dinosaurs, if you think about it, They have, in the different games, they've appeared in different ways. Like, in Halos 1 through Reach, they're very avian. And in Halo 4 and 5, they're more reptilian. Reason why is because there's many, many subspecies of jackal. Many different, when it comes to the differences in their races, within this jackal species, they are probably the most diverse with, again, the tube in Halos in the different games, and another subspecies known as Skirmisher, which are much more bird-like and are completely covered in feathers. They are extremely agile and are basically the Covenant sniper teams as well. Next on the pecking order are the Ungoy, or Grunts, standing about four feet tall they are basically conscripts they don't really have a choice in the matter they're very cowardly they um, are unique amongst the covenant as they're the only species that doesn't breathe oxygen they breathe methane and because of that their blood is bright blue again incredibly cowardly but they are very built robustly and the main reason why they're used as cannon fodder is because they well they breed like rabbits Literally, one grunt can lay up to a hundred eggs at a time. These things basically appear in the billions, might even trillions, in the war. Next on the pecking order are the Yamee, or drones. Drones are basically giant space insects. They live in hives, they have a queen, which lays eggs, Uh, These things are just space nopes. Basically, you see a drone and you just want to get out a flamethrower and just douse it in napalm as quick as possible because these things are terrifying. Next are the Legolo or Mega Legolo aka Hunters. Hunters are probably the most unique species in the Covenant. As Hunters are not necessarily single beings, rather they're hives or colonies of large eel-slash-worm-like creatures. By themselves, they have the intelligence of, well, an eel or a worm. However, when combined together, they will form a symbiotic relationship into a battle harness and will become a hunter, gaining intelligence, basically. A hunter battle harnessed is usually anywhere from 12 to 20 feet tall, pure steel, almost indestructible, armed with massive arm cannons. These things are walking tanks, almost always deployed in pairs, for the the Lagolo colony is so large that they get split into two chassis. Basically, you're the Hunter-Bond brothers, although post-war factions in basically combined both colonies into one, creating what is known as a Goliath. A massive, basically a monster, which walks mostly in all fours and is an even bigger walking tank than the individual hunter pairs. The hunter worms are also used in piloting many of their vehicles. Mainly, they're walkers, known as scarabs, locusts, excavators, and other large, four-legged walker contraptions, which are basically doomsday weapons. Anyways, getting all that out of the way, the year 25, in the early 2500s, the three main prophets at the top, their names Truth, mercy, and regret, made a horrific discovery that their religion was all a lie due to a mistranslation, and that humanity were the true inheritors of the Forerunners. Oh yeah, the Forerunners were real. (laughs) That's a story for another day. Horrified with this information, they covered it up and proceeded to launch their genocidal campaign, starting with the outer human colony of Harvest. Now, for a brief Overview of humanity. Humanity by this age was basically an empire, all centered from Earth. Earth basically united into what is known as the Human Earth Government, or UEG, basically a globalist society, where basically. It's, it's kind of like Star Wars, in a way, where you had the inner colonies, which had a much higher standard of living, and then you had the outer colonies, which were really getting shafted by the people on Earth. So the outer colonies, before the war started, launched the Insurrection, a, an uprising where they just wanted their independence, the UEG responded with force, and a massive long insurrection slash civil war started. Because of this, the shadow organization known as ONI, or Office of Naval Intelligence, created the Spartan II program, where they abducted young children at the age of six and augmented them genetically, physically, and mentally into super soldiers. This becomes important later. Their initial goal was to fight the insurrection. Getting all that out of the way. The Human Covenant War officially kicked off in the year 2525, when the Covenant invaded the world of Harvest, completely wiping out all life on the planet. Earth lost contact with Harvest, as it was the furthest colony out of their reach, so they sent in a single UNSC ship to investigate. They lost contact with that ship later, and they sent three more, only to discover a single Covenant ship orbiting the planet. They received a transmission from the ship saying how that their destruction was the will of the gods and that they were their instruments. And this officially began the war. In that initial engagement, two out of three ships were lost. However, it was later reinforced with a large UNSC fleet, and they destroyed this one covenant vessel, only for it to be reinforced by dozens more. The battle for harvest would last five long years. Until the Battle of 2530. In the year 2530, the UNSC Spirit of Fire was in charge of wiping out the remaining Covenant remnants on Harvest. They eventually chased the Covenant to the world of Arcadia, where they also began laying siege. And to make a long story short, this one ship would pursue the Covenant to a Forerunner Shield World. A Shield World was basically a large artificial planet which had two layers, an outer shell and an inner shell, the inner shell being the main planet. However, with they suffered horrendous casualties and destroyed a large Covenant fleet. The UNSC Spirit of Fire was forced to go adrift into space for a long, long time, and it was thought to be lost at all hands. Now, That story is important later, and I'll do an episode about the Spirit of Fire later. For now, getting back to the main solar system, basically the Covenant just went on a killing spree, wiping out planet after planet after planet, almost all the outer colonies falling within a matter of years. The UNSC's response to this, however, was the Spartan II program. The Spartan II's were very effective against the Covenant, To the point where they actually started winning victories. The Covenant actually feared them to the point where they dubbed them demons. This back and forth, as you may call it, would go on for years to the point where O.N.I. decided to create the Spartan 3 program. Basically, they took the orphans left by the Human Covenant War, put them into... Not as extreme augmentations as the Spartan II's, and gave them cheaper armor and basically sent them on suicide missions. Basically, the Soviet Union tactic of just throwing bodies at the enemy and to slow them down. And this had mixed results, but overall, it did make an impact on the Covenant war effort. As the years went on, more and more and more lives would be lost upwards in the billions this leads all the way down to the year 2552 with the battle of reach reach was in a sense humanity's most prized colony as it was its first colony and after reach it was a straight shot to earth So, the Covenant invaded Reach, and the UNSC, or the main military of the UEG, threw everything it had at the Battle of Reach, but would ultimately lose in the most disastrous defeat in the entire history of the war. One ship left the planet in a hurry, the UNSC Pillar of Autumn. On board was its very important AI, along with intel on how to get to Earth, along with the, the. what was known as the Master Chief. It's one of the last remaining Spartan IIs and the most decorated Spartan II in the entire war, and arguably the most skilled. Following them was the fleet of Particular Justice of the Covenant, led by their basically the supreme commander of the fleet, his name was an elite, his name was Vel Vadami. There, The UNSC's Pillar of Autumn discovered the first Halo Ring, Installation 04. During the the days that would follow, the the Pillar of Autumn would fight the Covenant on the ring, to the point where eventually, the crew on board the Pillar of Autumn interrogated an elite, and they thought they found a weapons cache. The Master Chief was busy securing the control room of the Halo Ring, while the captain of the Pillar of Autumn, Captain Jacob Keyes, led a small expeditionary force to this alleged weapons cache to steal it and try to get an upper hand on the Covenant. Little did they know this was no weapons cache. In fact, it was a containment unit for the reason the rings were built. You see, these rings were massive super weapons, yet they were planets. They were built to wipe out all sentient life in the universe. Why? Because the Forerunners were long ago were locked in battle with an ancient parasitic organism known as the Flood. The Flood fed on all sentient life-forms, and with it grew stronger and stronger and stronger. And by the end of the Flood-Forerunner War, they had almost complete control of the entire Milky Way, forcing the Forerunners to use the Halos as a weapon of last resort. You can expect that I will do a future episode about the Flood-Forerunner War. Anyways, basically they accidentally released the Flood. The Flood spread throughout the ring... Captain Keys being among the Infected. The Infected basically no longer resembled their former selves and returned to basically mindless monsters linked together by a hive mind. There, the Master Chief, in a desperate attempt, destroyed the Halo Array by blowing up its reactors and the reactor of the Pillar of Autumn, completely destroying the ring and making a desperate escape on a single UNSC bomber. Velvadami faced immediate disgrace following this humiliation by the hands of a single demon. He was brought back to the Covenant Holy City of High Charity, a large, planetoid, space station-esque thing about the size of Earth's moon, where he was stripped of his rank and marked as a heretic. Later, on that same day of his trial, the Covenant would finally launch their invasion of Earth, but... Notably, they came shorthanded, not that many ships compared to the Battle of Reach. You see, this was the fleet led under one of the main prophet hierarchs, the Prophet of Regret. He found a portal to the Ark, the Ark being the birthplace of the Halo Rings, which was located on Earth, mainly in North Africa. What he didn't know was this was humanity's homeworld. By sheer accident, the Covenant discovered humanity's homeworld. There, the Master Chief linked up with UNSC forces and would fight the Covenant on Earth until the main Covenant supercarrier would activate a portal. Well, they used what was known as slipspace technology, basically little wormholes. In the middle of the city of New Mombasa, the Chief boarded a ship known as Enamorclad and chased the supercarrier through the portal. Meanwhile, on Earth, the High Prophet of Truth, for the longest time, mistrusted the Elites and planned to replace them. So, following Regret's departure of Earth, he put this plan to action. All of the main brutes on Earth were were augmented with far superior weaponry to the Elites in secret and began to purge the Elites in the military all done in secret and soon the battle of earth went from being a war focused led by the elites to basically a small civil war between the covenant on earth and then the brutes just taking over the entire operation and calling in reinforcements meanwhile with the covenant with the prophet of regret regret found the next halo ring installation 05 aka delta halo There, the UNSC and amber clad would engage the Covenant on the ground, and the Master Chief would eventually kill the Prophet of Regret. Meanwhile, at High Charity, Velvatimi was stripped of his rank, of course, but he was later appointed to the rank of Arbiter a way of basically regaining one's honor for what they lost, to die and a suicide mission to propel them along the path of the Great Journey. The Arbiter would use his new title to lead troops into battle against a small force of renegade Covenant units who basically figured out that everyone was drinking Kool-Aid and this was suicide. He would put down the Covenant insurrection before being deployed to the ring itself to retrieve the Activational Index. There he would encounter the Flood, which millennia earlier broke out a containment cell, similar to the ones on Installation 04, and had basically started a massive infestation underneath the library, or the place where the Index was kept. There, he and the Master Chief would be captured by the Flood and brought before its main intelligence, the Gravemind. There, he basically learned the truth of everything. The, his religion was a lie, the prophets were liars, and everything he had done was in vain. He would be teleported away to a site on Halo, where the Brutes had began what was known as the Great Schism, where they began to purge all of the Elites. There, the Arbiter would lead in, basically an insurrection against the Brutes and started a full-on civil war against them, where he would lead Elites, Grunts, and Hunters in a war against the Brutes. The master chief was teleported onto High Charity. There he would fight through waves upon waves of covenant until the flood played their ace in the hole where they basically captured an amber clad, rammed it into the High Charity and began to spread amongst the covenant holy city. There the chief would chase the prophet of truth to earth as he departed, leaving the prophet of mercy to die by the hands of the flood. There, after that, basically the Covenant fleet, what was left of it, left for Earth. Meanwhile, High Charity would become a Flood Hive. The Arbiter linked up with some human forces on the Ring and would form an alliance with them. And together, they killed the main leader of the Brutes, Tartarus, and stopped the Ring from firing. Where there, the Arbiter would link up to... With the UNSC forces, return to Earth, link up with the chief, who before were enemies, and would eventually become friends by the end of the Covenant War, which was mere days away. There they pushed back the main Covenant force on Earth, and the Prophet of Truth would would find the portal to the Ark, open it, and leave along with what was left of the Covenant fleet. A single flood ship entered into Earth, and crash landed near the portal. There it would begin to spread. However, elite reinforcements would arrive at Earth and completely wipe out the flood. Granted, they destroyed half of Africa in order to do so, as this was the true nature of the flood. They, all measures were necessary in containment. There the elite fleet, along with a single UNSC ship, the Spirit the Forward Unto Dawn, With the Master Chief and Arbiter in tow, chased the Covenant into the Ark, and there the Battle of the Ark began. As the small elite fleet engaged the Covenant fleet in a battle where they were outnumbered three to one. The elites would win this battle in an overwhelming victory in space. Meanwhile, on Earth, the Chief would find the Cartographer, a map of the entire installation, It would eventually track down the Prophet of Truth, and attempt to stop him before he would light the rings. There, the Master Chief, Arbiter, Human, and Elite Forces would launch a massive assault on the control room, deactivating the three main shield generators around it. But then High Charity arrived, crashed into the planet, and the Flood began to spread. However, the Flood knew what would happen if the rings fired, and formed a... Very, and I do mean very brief, alliance with the Chief and the Arbiter to stop the Prophet of Truth. There, the Arbiter would get his revenge on the Prophet of Truth and kill him and deactivate the rings from firing. The Flood, of course, turned on them immediately, and so the Chief and the Arbiter set out to basically. La- they launched an incomplete Halo ring, which was meant to replace the one Chief destroyed in the first Halo game. The elites, basically, who had uh, suffered major casualties, gathered all their forces up and left the ring and departed back to Earth through the portal. Meet The Arbiter and the Chief, along with Sergeant Major Avery Johnson, were the only UNSC forces left on the Ark, along with the Forward Unto Dawn. There they would light the ring, Johnson would pay the ultimate sacrifice, and there the Arbiter and the Chief would make their... Epic escape, I might add, on a single small car vehicle known as a Warthog, boarding the Fort Unto Dawn and going through the portal. However, as they entered the portal, it collapsed and the ship was split in two. The front half made it back to Earth, while the other half was left drifting in empty space. The front half contained the Arbiter. There he would sign a peace treaty with Earth and officially begin what was basically a diplomatic, a a shaky, but diplomatic relationship with Earth, with him being the main leader of the elite people. Meanwhile, the Master Chief would go into a cryogenic sleep on board what was left of the the Forward Unto Dawn, drifting in space for the next four years. And that would be the end of the Human Covenant War. Now, a brief overview of the post-war, because why not? I still have plenty of time to discuss it. The Arbiter would return to San Helios, the elite homeworld, and there it was a very mixed opinion. Half of the, the population wanted to ally themselves with the Arbiter and make peace with humanity... The other half being they still wanted to fight, and they still believed in the covenant religion, even though it was thoroughly exposed to all of them that it was all lies, and a good chunk of the population just didn't care. this would launch what was known as the blooding years, a very violent civil war that would last for several years, excuse me, on San Helios. The Arbiter led his new faction, dubbed the Swords of San Helios, against the massive Covenant remnant that took hold on San Helios. And that is a story for another day. Meanwhile, Earth was and the humanity was badly beaten. And through the next few years, the UNSC and the UBG would rapidly rebuild its military and begin the Spartan 4 program. The Spartan 4s were augmented somewhat, but nowhere near on the scale of the 2s and 3s. And unlike the previous ones, these were not children. These were full-grown adults who signed up. And also this dirty little secret on how they were all kids leaked out. And they would eventually prosecute the creator of the Spartan program, Catherine Halsey, for war crimes. Owen and I, however, being the shadowy and basically Illuminati-esque organization that I was, did not trust the elites and would do everything in their power to sow chaos and confusion amongst the Sinhali, very similar to the CIA, might I add, to the point where they even gave weapons and supplies to the Covenant Revenant to keep the elites busy in their war against the swords of San Helios, and the Arbiter. As for the other Covenant species, the Brutes, who basically became the main military arm of the Covenant, had their own civil war. However, many, many Brutes would continue to serve what was left of the Prophet leadership. There were more Prophets than just the main three. And would have several wars and battles with the Elites. The few times where the Elite factions would unite, and together they launched... Well, it was basically two wars of complete genocide, the elites and brutes going after each other viciously and barbarically to the point where both species suffered horrific casualties. The Arbiter many times tried to offer an olive branch to the brutes, but ultimately a peace treaty would never be formed, although the main brute consensus would eventually let up on its attacks on the elites. The grunts would continue to be grunts being the pitiful and pathetic little creatures that they were a large chunk of the grunt population actually became workers and allied to humanity in fact many UNSC stations were garrisoned by grunts and elites in a coalition of sorts between the sorts of San Helios and the various grunt factions But overall, the Grunts, for the most part, remained neutral, although still a large chunk of them were with the Covenant remnants. Hunters, being the large beasts that they were, again were split between the Covenant factions and the Swords of San Helios, as it was the elites who tamed the Hunters in the first place. Not really all that surprised to see them ally themselves with the elites. Same thing with the drones, nothing really to note there. Jackals, the jackals I think would be the ones who really benefited from the end of the war as the various jackal factions would once again began space pirating and would have multiple different factions, some of them even allied with humanity. Mostly though with the insurrection which started immediately after the war ended Uh, as the UNSC and the UEG basically ended their little truce with the insurrection and once again started bullying what was left of the Outer Colonies. Many of these Outer Colonies would actually turn to weird cohabitation with many Covenant species, mainly elites, jackals, and grunts living amongst humans. A very strange outcome, as you would think there would be massive amounts of xenophobia in the outer colonies, where a lot of times they would just get along. It was very unusual. However, in the post-war, many Covenant factions would rise per influence. However, one faction rose to basically the top of the pecking order. In fact, would be the villain in the next main game. This faction was very very different than the others as these were atheists they knew the covenant were liars in fact they broke off during the war and surprisingly it's a brute faction i say surprisingly because the brutes are the most fanatical amongst the covenant religion they are led by a brute by the name of Atriox. he is everything opposite of what an elite i mean what a brute is well, yes, he is brutally strong to the point where he even fought three Spartan twos in hand to hand combat in one. However, he is a tactical genius and incredibly charismatic to the point where he built up his own army uh, with a small fleet of ships, and it has both elites and brutes in it. Granted, the elites are mostly mercenaries, however, many of them just blindly follow Atriox, as he's apparently that charming. And they will be the villains in the next upcoming game, Halo Infinite. And that's all I'm really going to cover. So this has been the very first episode of Fiction Lore Fridays. I hope you enjoyed, and I will catch you on the next episode. Have a happy Friday, and as always, Avita Zayn.